When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jenny, look at you. <laughs> Hi. Hey, I miss you. I miss you too. Look at the sunset behind you. I oh. know. It's not, I had to do that for you. I had to do that for you. Girl, I'm not back to Look at you all in the Bahamas and shit. Yeah, girl. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to Unfiltered. We're just going to get started. Um, my good friend and former uh, co-worker, uh, Jenny McKenzie, which is not Jenny McKenzie anymore. I, you changed it, right? Conquest. We can, okay, we're going to we're gonna talk about that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Form, I guess like on the air, you were known as JJ at one point, then you had to change it because of J the other JJ. That's right. And then you were, JJ is Jenny on right. socials. So it's changed a few times now. I'm back to JJ because I'm back home. So. <laughs> right. And now but it's. A different last name. Yes. Okay. So can we talk about this? You got of married. Course. I did. COVID did it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least I didn't get pregnant because everybody was getting pregnant during COVID. Oh my God, girl. That's like a totally different thing. Can you just imagine? No, 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 nope, don't want to. I'm done. Yeah. No, you and me both. One oh, and yeah. done. Learned that lesson. Oh yeah, girl. And now we're living. We're living our life. We are. Okay. So, um, did you get a shot of tequila or are you doing a shot? With um, me? so, so I actually did, um, some pre-shots like last night I did like about 20 pre-shots of Casamigo. <laughs> what girl were you thinking about me though? I was 100% thinking about you because I you remember, you. you remember you were the first, you got me back on tequila because I couldn't even stand the smell of tequila since I was what 16 because I got, that was my first drunk. That's right. And, and it was so bad, like such a bad experience. And so like, I couldn't even smell tequila. Now to this day, I can't stand the smell of Jose Cuervo. That will make, I, that will make me gag. Like I, I literally know the difference between that and any other tequila. It's amazing. <laughs> but you came with the Jose Cuervo uh, Gave. Yes. And um, you made me do a shot, which I then made you drink a green smoothie. <laughs> Those damn green smoothies. If you haven't seen the videos of that, I have it on my Instagram. That was like, was that my first trip to come see you in Bahamas? Um, I don't remember. It was your first or your second, but I do remember that I also made you eat aloe. You did. Because it was like, I'm getting you back for making me drink tequila. Yeah. After like 30, four, like 30 years of not drinking tequila, you made me yeah. drink it. That's such but a, now I love it. Look, I think yeah. the thing the thing is we we've talked we talk about this often on the podcast. You got, you just you got to be gentle with tequila, you know? Like there are two times in my life where I actually enjoy water. Like I don't I I don't like water. It's just it tastes like shit. Um, I know I know we should and and I know you're like Miss Hell's nut. It, we'll talk about that aloe thing. But I I I like water after a good workout. 
you know, after like you got the sweat on and you're just like, whoa, okay, like water tastes so good in that moment. And I like it when I'm drinking tequila because I do a shot and then I drink water and then I do a shot and then I drink water. Like I keep it balanced because if you're mixing tequila with all kinds of other things. No, you just got to keep it clean. You do. Yeah. Yeah. And and then that way you can enjoy the buzz. And not only that, you feel like a, you feel like a, OG when you're drinking tequila. Like you feel like you're like, you know, one of the big old like gangsters, you know? I feel you feel like like a Don Julio, like a Don Juan, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. It does give you a kind of a, a vibe. I feel like a lot of people are on the tequila train now. Well, because there's so many good tequilas coming out. Like the tequila yeah. that The Rock has is amazing. And then of it course, really you know, is. George Clooney is Casamigos, and um, there's just so many in Azul. I love Azul. Um, another mm. one of my faves is the Avion um, Ooh, Aneo. Oh, so good. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Mm. Got to try okay. that one. Well, you're going to have to invite me back to Bahamas, and then uh, we'll, well try girl, you know the invitation has been open forever. You can hurry up and get on that plane. What happened? <laughs> I know. <laughs> COVID happens. Shit. <laughs> So, okay. So listen, we got to, let's, let's take it back a few. Um, because you know, if you, if you don't know JJ's Jenny's history, um, you were, we met way back in the day. I don't even know how many years ago now it's been. 2006, Wow. 2007, 2007 is when I moved to Toronto. Wow. Yeah. So you, you moved back there to do afternoons on flow. That's right. No, midday. Midday. Oh, was it midday? I thought you were yeah. doing afternoons. Who was doing no, was afternoons? Mid- uh, Devo. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. Yeah, that's right. I did uh, afternoon. I did afternoons when um, when Chum took over Flow. That's right. Before, when Bell, yes. Right, no, before Bell. When Chum first took over Flow, David Corey put me on afternoons. Yeah. Um, and then he brought Miss Anjan and she was doing the days when we were still at the old building on Young Street. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And then, oh. and then we moved over to the new building, um, oh. Richmond Street. And, yeah. um, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. I mean, you, you've had like such a history in radio. And I, I remember like when you left, when you were going back to Bahamas and I was like just... How do you make that decision to like leave radio here and go? Well, I mean, I can't even. How do you make that decision? It's fucking Bahamas, duh. <laughs> you know, I was exactly. so jealous. I was so jealous. But I mean, somewhat like it's a hard decision. Like, are you seeing the sunset behind me right know. now? Girl, <laughs> you're me. asking me that question. I know it's killing me. It's killing me. But you know, it's a big move, right? It's a big change. It's a big change. But you had been in Bahamas before that. Yeah. I mean, I've been here pretty much most of my life. So even though I was born in Canada, I pretty much, I moved here when I was 18. And so like, I really have spent most of my life in the Bahamas Mm. and my son was born here and I really only moved to Canada so that he could go to school over there um, just to afford him, you know, a little better opportunity because, you know, over here, uh, good education costs money. And mm. it gets expensive when you're a single mom and you're paying for private school. Um, education over here is excellent. Um, the public, the private school systems are just absolutely awesome. Um, so, you know, he was getting an excellent education, but it was just like, okay, he can get the same education 
in Canada, mm-hmm. um, but then get all kinds of opportunities. And, you know, I was a single mom bringing up a boy and, you know, I just needed him to be busy and there was just more things for him to do in Toronto. And, you know, mm-hmm. so it was kind of like a decision that I made and I, one that I'm really happy I did because my son is amazing, even though he put me through hell in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> did, I remember. Oh my God. He was a horrible teenager. Oh, he was such a shithead. Yeah. Um, but he, he turned around and he is the most incredible adult right now, just doing amazing things. Um, graduated with his master's in human kinetics. Uh, he's going on to do sports psychology. He's going to be going to, I, he, he's looking at going to Australia in November to study mm-hmm. his doctorate. Um, and he's him. working for, he's working for, um, right now he's doing an internship at York University with the women's volleyball team. Wow, and he's also working for the University of Toronto, so he's doing amazing stuff right now. And then, not not to you know, not to forget all of the incredible stuff that he's doing for Black athletes in Canada right now. Um, the researches and studies that he's doing in mental health, and um, also women coaches, female coaches. Mm-hmm. So he's doing amazing stuff. I'm so happy to hear that. You know, you see, I think like that's such a good example of like, just hold on mamas. It's going to get better. (laughs) I remember, I remember those moments with you where it was, you were just devastated with some of the stuff, not to get into all the details, but some of the stuff going on. And I had went through it with my little one at the time, you know, and it was like, it's, it's going to be okay. Like he'll find his way. They always do. I mean, I shouldn't say always do. I mean, some of them don't. But, but you, you know, gave mostly. me the best advice. You get, I actually was just talking. It's so funny that you said that because I was just talking about this like Monday mm-hmm. with a colleague and we were talking about kids and, you know, you know, going through stuff. And I said, one of my girlfriends, I said, gave me the best advice. I was going through a really tough time. And, you know, it's that transition when they're like, they're like, you know, early teens and Mm. they start doing things on their own and making their own decisions and not good decisions sometimes. And as a parent, you feel like you failed when they do these horrible things. Like you feel like it's a reflection of you. And I remember having this conversation with you where you said to me, Jenny, listen, you, you've instilled good values in him. You've taught him how to be a good person. Um, You know, you've done everything that you can do he's gonna do two things he's gonna either catch himself and come back to you and remember everything that you've taught him or he's just gonna be an asshole but you're gonna (laughs) love him either way and I remember you saying that to me right but you have to let it go you can't take responsibility for the decisions that he's making because I was holding that and that was killing me like it was just devastating me Mm. and that moment happened when he was 19 mm-hmm. and it was so funny because uh my sister my mom shireen and i were all at my mom's house in um penetang machine she lives up in penetang and uh we were there in the summertime and alex was there and we were all sitting around the kitchen table laughing joking talking about you know just stuff drinking and all of a sudden out of the blue alex stands up and he says mom i have to say something and he goes through this entire apology of being the shittiest kid and all the shit he put me through and da 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 and how much he appreciates me and loves me and i was like 
oh my God, this is the moment that <laughs> Melanie was talking about. It happened. Oh, that's amazing. Ah, oh, it does, you know, and I, I only learned that myself going through it with mine when she was like, I think she turned 16. Yeah, I remember. And she, she ran away because I was just so strict. Like, you know, I had her, like I was 15, you know, and you know, young mom, whatever. My paranoia was always just make sure she does better than you did. You know, that was what I, like my MO as a mom was just always that, like, I didn't care about anything. I just make sure she did better than you did. Cause at the, at the time, you know, I was so young. Um, and that's she, what you want. Yeah. And then, and then when she ran away, when she finally was like, I'm done with you telling me what to do. Cause I mean, we all do it. I did it to my mom too. We all yeah. do it. You know, we're human beings, you know, at the end of the day, that was the moment when I realized, Oh shit, she's like her own person. She's like a real person. She's not just your daughter. Like yeah. she is a person. She needs to express herself in her ways. She needs to do her own shit. She needs to kiss the boy. She needs to be defiant. Like she needs to figure it out. And I didn't know until the moment she showed me I'm done. And yeah. I was like, whoa. And that it felt like I lost control. I went into like a deep depression for a good I remember. year. Yo, I remember it, girl. You, that affected you. You were stressed yeah. out like bad. Yeah, like and I, health wise. Oh yeah, like it was it was awful, and I think a lot of parents go through that. But once you get past that hump and you realize it, like there's just like this transition period where it's like yeah. you think they're just your children to oh this is like an actual person and they're going to become an adult and you have to let go of some of that. Um, then you can um, another girlfriend of mine was just going through that with her daughter. She's like. Uh, turning 19 and she, you know, it's all those things and she's crying to me and stuff. And I'm like, I get it. We all go through this, but yeah, then, I mean, mine too, you know, turned out to be a, an incredible person and oh yeah, you know, <laughs> we're much, our relationship is much better now. You know, it was so rocky for those years. And that's the thing about it. Like when you think about it, when you're able to have this beautiful relationship with your child as adults. Ugh, yeah. it, it, now think about it. The time frame is way longer than when they're children. Yeah. So like, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm as, as much as you feel defeated and devastated about things that happened when they were children and how, you know, how that affected everything. The fact that now they're adults and you have this entire life of theirs to live with them now mm -hmm. as a grown up and as mm -hmm. this beautiful person that they've become. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I also think like some people, and I've said this a, a number of times, I, I have no shame in admitting that I'm not great with kids. Um, like I loved mine. I used to say that all the time. Like I love mine. I'm just not, I don't, I don't oh, really, I don't relate <laughs> to kids. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand them. Yeah. I've said, Do you want to hold my baby? No, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm really like, good. Like, I'm it's good. not my jam <laughs> at all. Puppy, if you've got a puppy, oh, yes. give it to me. <laughs> and I think in a, in a different time, you know, I probably like you see all these people now who are like choosing not to have kids and stuff. Cause like, I think it's like, it's in you or it's not in you. Um, but I think uh, now that she is an adult, this is where it's like, oh, I get to like really enjoy you because I, we can relate now. You know, yeah. I understand her better. I'm not as, I can't like I'm intimidated by kids. 
Like they intimidate me. <laughs> yeah. I, I just feel like, I feel like I just don't have a connection with, like you said, I can't relate to them. Like yeah. when they're a certain age, but yeah, like when they're younger like that, you know, I don't, I don't have the patience first no. of all. Yeah. And then second of all, I just kind of feel like I run out of like how to I, like, okay, for a couple of minutes, I'll, you know, oh, what are you doing? And then all yeah. of a sudden, like, I don't know what to say to them anymore. You know? Yeah. 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 I, and I think the, the role then changes, right? Like as they get older, your role as a parent changes and it's just easier to slip into if you're like, like us where it's you're just maybe not a kid person it's easier to slip into the role of being um adults together really you know yeah i like i have a very difficult relationship with my mom so mm -hmm. um so the way that i brought my son up was that what i felt that i was missing growing up with with my my mother and father was what i made sure to give my son Mm -hmm. you know and I mean like emotionally in yeah. that sense yeah. um and I he and I have such a great relationship like you can't get in between us like no one's gonna get in between us ever. I love that I love that for yeah. you yeah and and it's you know because at the end of the day it was him and I it was just yeah. him and I so. I love that for you. And I think there's something really uh, special about, uh, you know, a son and a, and a mom. There's a, you guys have that thing. I've always seen it. And all my girlfriends who have boys, I'm yeah. like, there's a different bond there. I see it with my mom, with my brother, you know, it's just a totally different bond. Well, because I think what happens is the boys, then when they become adults, they feel like they then have to start protecting you rather than you protecting right. them. And it turns, right. it, it changes the dynamic of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Has he been out to see you? Cause he's, oh gosh, yeah, he, was, he come in there a lot. So, um, he has a beautiful partner is what he calls her and she calls him. They don't refer to each other as boyfriend and girlfriend, which I think is, um, kind of cool because it just, it, 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 it explains the type of relationship that they have and, and how they're already like, they're planning a future, you know? Right, right. Um, so she's from Toronto, but her father is Bahamian. So she's half Canadian, half Bahamian, just like him. Oh, wow. Isn't that awesome? That's and, crazy. um, he actually met her, uh, when he was in high school and he was working, um, doing, a as a camp, a camp counselor for the city of Toronto, one year um, for a summer camp and she's a little older than him and she was one of the counselors the lead counselors there and she actually had advised him like kind of directed him into like you know what do you like doing and so I think she kind of pushed him into the path of, of wanting to study psychology which is very interesting they never they never were in touch or anything like that so fast forward to COVID now um, like six seven years later um, they had happened to connect on Instagram and the rest is history. I mean, the two of them are just so amazing and they were here for a couple of months. They stayed in Eleuthera, which is where her dad's from. They were there working remotely for a couple of months. Um, oh, nice. and then they came here for a couple of weeks. We spent Christmas with them. It was awesome. And, um, now he's back in Toronto, but he's coming back again, I think probably in June, but yeah. Wow. Was he there for your wedding? No, nobody was for my wedding. We did because like, when I COVID. tell you we did, when I tell you we had a COVID wedding, we literally went to the church with a friend of ours and that was it. Listen to me. You are the least 
bridezilla that I have ever heard of in my life. Like you went and got married and told everyone later. Like I was like, a year wait. later. I was like, wait, what the fuck happened? My friend got me. I didn't even know you like you. You put nothing on that, but your love, like there was no, you know, well, like no show, no nothing. And I was like, I mean, I knew you know how, how happy is. I knew how happy you were. I knew how you, happy you were. You know how that is. Uh, what people don't know, they can't ruin. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You didn't want that negative energy on it. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. And, um, we did it for us. We, you know, it wasn't for anybody else. It was a decision that we made. And the funny thing is, is I literally was getting, we had talked about getting married. And so we went and got our, we went and got our marriage license. Yeah. Um, but we hadn't decided when we were going to do it or any of that. We just, we never even revisited that. Can you hear me? Cause I sound big. They're doing some fogging in the back. Okay. And, um, anyway, one morning I was getting ready for work. It literally was nine 30 in the morning. It was a Friday. And, I had my work shirt on. I'm gonna move. Okay. I have my work shirt on and and a pair of jeans. And Peter says to me, "So, babe, um, at three o'clock today, we're gonna go to the JP and get married." So I looked at him, right? And you know, I work middays, ten to two. I was working middays, and I was like, "Okay, well, maybe I need to change out of my radio shirt, <laughs> my company shirt, and put on a dress." Right. <laughs> oh my god yeah so that was pretty funny um and we went we actually ended up going to a, a real church with a um a bishop a bishop who was eight, he's eight, 83 oh. and it was hilarious i mean it was such an amazing experience so our marriage certificate was so old that the paper was like yellow it looked like it was it already like you know come from the archives right <laughs> yeah just hilarious but it was cool it was cool yeah we didn't tell anybody except for our parents yeah um and then it wasn't until uh last year when we celebrated our first year anniversary that i kind of put a picture up and said oh happy anniversary <laughs> and everybody's like what <laughs> exactly it's like you're one of your best girlfriends is like whoa wait a minute what happens like she got married how did this happen <laughs> i was so happy for you i mean you have been through it, Jenny. And, you know, I think that's why, like, I wanted you on so much because I think you have like such an inspirational story. Like not only did you succeed as a single mom, a young mom, all that stuff, um, in the radio industry. And I know you're out of that. So we'll talk about that as well. But like, just, I followed you, you know, we've been friends for a long time and followed you going through different relationships, that kind of stuff. And to see you this happy now, you know, and you've been happy since you've been home. Um, it's such an inspiration, you know, to me, it's been this like, wow, like it can happen. You know, you can, (laughs) you can find happiness. It can happen. Well, you you remember I had just met Peter when you were visiting me. Yeah. Yeah, we had just we had just started dating, and I knew yeah. in that moment. Like I remember that I was like, "Oh shit, this is like good stuff. This is the good <laughs> stuff." <laughs> you know, there's something about that. Like I think we go through. I mean, I'm going through it right now with Ottawa, and I think I've had I've been like flooded with messages when I post anything about us together. Um, from women who are like, "Oh, you can just tell." Like there's something. 
I think, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the energy is, but it's just like, you know, and it's like, oh, that, that's the good real stuff. There's no drama. There's no problems. You're just like a partnership. You're on the same level. You want the same thing. You're in deep. You're having the conversations like, I don't know. There's just none of the, there's no insecurities. There's no trust issues There's no nothing. It's just the good stuff. It's like, it's there. It exists. Well, it just shows you that your, your, you know, your followers and people who you're friends with and all of that and people who listen to you on the radio and all that kind of stuff, they kind of know you because mm-hmm. they can see the piece in your, in your photo. I mean, I can see the piece in your photos when you mm-hmm. post the pictures. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> All right. Like my girl looks like she's like Zen, like, you know, yeah. namaste. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Now we just got to get rid of the, like, I don't know, 416 kilometers between us, but that's soon come. <laughs> hey, Love will make it happen. Love right? will make it happen. It yeah. will. It yeah. will. So yeah. now you also, so aside from the marriage, because that was huge on your socials, um, you had like, when I, when you were talking about just sort of feeling the Zen or whatever, you had a moment not too long ago on your social media. I, girl, I had tears in my eyes for you. I could sense just how happy you were. You walked away from radio. Uh, that video you posted, it was like, I think everybody who's ever wanted to like walk away from something that's not making them happy anymore. That's not fulfilling them. Like could just feel that energy from you. See, and I think it's really important that I make it clear that it wasn't radio that I wasn't fulfilling me. Right. Okay. I love radio. Mm -hmm. I love I just love that connection that you have with people when you're on the radio and you know, Melanie, like when you're away from the radio, like you feel like you're like you've missed you're missing a piece of yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But this situation for me was completely different. Mm -hmm. And this was more for me, it wasn't walking away from something that I loved. It was walking away from something that had turned into something that was extremely destructive and toxic Mm -hmm. and was just destroying me. Mm. And it wasn't, it wasn't radio. It was the environment that I was in. Yeah. You know, it was the environment. Um, And I think that the hardest part of it is, is that, you know, it was people who I thought were my family because I had, mm. you know, this is where I had been when I started. And I yeah. think that when you, you know, I think when you walk away from something and come back and you don't realize how people maybe perceive things because you're uh-huh. just in it, um, it hurt me a lot to see that, the, you know, the things that were, that were being done and, and, you know, without getting into too much, yes, it was just a really, it was just a really toxic environment. It was a lot of bad energy. There was a lot of nastiness that was happening and it was having such an effect on me mm-hmm. health wise, physically, mentally, emotionally, like every day I was coming home crying. Like you, when, when you don't want to go to work be, and you don't want to go to work to do something that you absolutely love. Mm-hmm you know, it's time to leave. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I feel like 
when I when I left the Bahamas the first time, I felt like I had hit my high in radio. I had an amazing, like I would have been okay if I didn't do radio again mm-hmm. um, when I moved to Toronto, except for I missed it. Yeah. Because my career was pretty awesome. Yeah. And then, and then to be in Toronto and then to be in, and embrace the way that Toronto embraced me and the love that Toronto oh. gave me. Right. Yeah, you got a lot of love. Yeah. Was so beautiful Mm -hmm. um so that when i left toronto the same thing like i felt like okay i'm good if i don't do radio again right um and you know coming back here so it wasn't hard to walk away from the radio side of it it was a relief to walk away from the environment okay but to be honest with you i really feel like i'm done like i'm just i'm done with radio i feel like that's it i'm done like Mm -hmm. and the the reason why I feel like it's okay for me to be in that place is because what I'm doing now is kind of the same thing, but just not being on a mic. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm still connecting with people um, every day, doing a lot of really fantastic things. And I'm just like, I'm in such a good place. Mm-hmm. I work for, um, and like literally, like I left, um, I resigned the week before Christmas. Yeah. And I literally started working at a new job on January 31st. Right. Did you Um, you have like all your ducks in a row before? No, no, no. Girl, I love this about you. No, they, no, no. It was just something happened one day and I was like, you were done. I'm like, why? I just like, why am I waiting? So, you know, oh, I got to wait for the, I said, no, this i'm I'm out did you just in that okay but in that moment did you just trust that like it's gonna work out uh i didn't trust i didn't think about it i just was like i just was like i can't do this anymore i need a peace of mind Mm -hmm. and that last day was like when i walked out of that building i felt like literally that the day you're talking about the video right yes i literally felt like a thousand pounds was what was lifted off of oh, me like I, it. yeah it was just incredible and i didn't realize it until i walked out and realized i never have to go back in that building again wow but um it was great um you know because it um it was kind of freeing mm-hmm. it was also that kind of like, okay, now you got to get hustling now. Now, like, girl, you need to make shit work. Like, you got to do this now. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to do this and then, like, you know, pussyfoot around it. No, you got to do this now. Um, and then all of a sudden I got, you know, a couple of really great opportunities and um, mm-hmm. some people reached out to me um, that I've worked with in the past. I've been uh, an ambassador for Hands for Hunger, which is um, a nonprofit organization over here that, um, that uh, provides food assistance and um, does uh, food rescue here in the Bahamas, one of the biggest organizations over here. And uh, they reached out to me and asked me to come work for them. Mm. And I was like, I'm on it because this is just, you know, an amazing group of people doing incredible things. And here I am now doing something, you know, where I'm working and helping people um, and just around a lot of positive people. And, you know, it's really interesting, Melanie. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Our our executive director is a a woman. Mm -hmm. Her name's Mm -hmm. Keisha Ellis. And um, my first week she came to me, she's like, so... I have to, I have to ask you something. And I'm like, I want, 
I want you to know I'm very serious about this and I need you to really listen to me. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, is it starting up again? Like, oh Jesus, what have I put my, this is the yeah, first yeah, thing yeah. that went through my mind. Yeah. She goes, are you sleeping? Mm. So I kind of looked at her and I was like, oh, well, I'm sleeping now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm out of that place. Um, she said, good, because it's really important. She said, I want you to listen to me very carefully. You have to put yourself first. Mm-hmm. You put your family second. And she said, hands for hunger. You know, you can put us third or fourth, but you have to put yourself first. Mm. And I kind of was like, yeah, yeah, okay. And she's like, no listen to me very carefully. I'm very serious about this. Mm-hmm. And when I walked away from the conversation, I kind of went, wow, like this is the difference when you work for a female woman compared to working for a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like the understanding and the compassion mm-hmm. is different. You're right. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I'm working, um, doing communications, they're multimedia, which whoever thought I would get into graphic design and start doing all that kind of stuff. Which yeah. Is really cool. That is the opportunity that's afforded to you when you let go. Oh yeah. It's well, look, I mean, I, and I mean, I think that's why like, I, you know, I, I don't take this with, you know, on fucking Instagram and I, and I've posted the memes before I'm guilty of it. You know, the whole quit your job, buy the ticket, do the thing. You know, I've posted that (laughs) shit and I felt that vibe and I've been all like the toxic positivity. Like the reality is it's scary when you walk away from something because you, you need some stability in your life. But I think if you get to that point where it's just unbearable and you got to walk away, you know, watching your story to me is an inspiration. Like that's, that's, we need to see examples of that, that it can work out. You know, when I got let go at flow, when they restructured and stuff, everyone kept saying, Oh, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. And you're like, and well, yeah, it kicks me in my gonna, ass. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> and it's going to be better opportunities and blah, 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 blah. it doesn't always work out like that. Let me just no. be the example of it doesn't always work out like that. Um, but in the end, you know, the journey is like getting you to this place, whatever, but you do need the stories to see that, Hey, like we cannot be in environments that we feel that bad in, you know, you, you got to find a way out of that. 100%. Yeah. And you know, if COVID taught us anything is we have to take care of our, our mental health. Like it's so important, you know, it's so important. And I think another thing that, you know, we just, everything, life all of a sudden just becomes about work and it shouldn't be that way. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to take time for ourselves. We need to take time to to live. Like you shouldn't be working to live. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that we've, we've, we've turned into the society where we just go, 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 go. And mm. we don't like, we don't do things that we should be doing. Like, like, why don't we just like, why doesn't offices and stuff let you take like an hour in the, in the daytime or two hours in the daytime to take like a nap, like chill out and just think <laughs> about yourself. Like, Where are the nap have, pods at? <laughs> right. Let's do like a siesta, you yes. know, because <laughs> then it gives people a chance to unwind, unplug, uh, reset, and then come back and be even more productive. But when you go, 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 go nonstop, it just, 
You're not, you don't get a chance to enjoy life. And happier people leads to more productivity for your company. 100%. That's the reality of it. How do we not know this? Like, it's pretty basic shit. You got happy people working for you. They're going to do better for you. That's just the way it is. 100%. 100%. And, and, and really, I think these last couple of years have really taught us that, you know, totally. and I think, and also just making decisions at home and with your family and stuff like that mm -hmm. to spend more time and like realize that these moments come and go so quickly. And, and I was guilty of that. Like, I think about, I think back to like when, you know, my son was growing up and like, I missed so many things because I was always working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, I, I, I totally agree with you. It's just, you know, yeah. Well, my co-host um, in Barry here, the morning show that we do, he just quit and right. he resigned because for the same reason, really, I mean, his wife got a great promotion and, um, you know, he's, this is, I mean, a little bit of radio talk, obviously, but like, you know, he's someone who wants to be on the radio, but this is just the experience where he's at in his life. His wife got, um, a promotion in Ottawa, uh, you know, and it's, it's his time to stay home with his daughter. She's been there for the first year and now it's his turn and watching him walk away from radio, something he's, he loves so much, but you know, I mean, I look at him and I'm like, this is amazing. You're going to be with yeah. your daughter. She's never going to like, and he's a kid person. <laughs> he's enjoying these moments. Um, you know, like he wants to be with her and I'm, I'm stoked for him. You know, it's like, it's really hard to do to walk away from something as toxic as certain things can be in radio. It's still something that radio people have a hard time walking away from. <laughs> yeah. There's something about it that's difficult to walk away from it. Like just keeps, it's, it's the it people. sucks you back in all the time, it's, you know? It's the listeners. The listeners are what keep you there. Totally. And this is the wonderful thing about the world we're in now, and which is what I said to my, my co-host who left. Um, you know, he's got a great podcast. And you still have a way to connect to people that you never did have like years ago. We didn't have this you know, uh, platform. platform. Yeah. And now we do our social media, whatever it is, we can all connect now. It doesn't just have to be through the radio. It'll never be radio. Radio people will always be like radio nerds, but <laughs> love being in there. <laughs> this is the way it is. But you have this new way to connect people, which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, really, but really it is. Do you, do you miss any of that stuff? Like the, the gossip and shit, like Kanye West, what's going on with him and Pete Davidson right now? Like chatting about that or is it just like, whatever, I don't care anymore. Um, no, I mean, I still, I still stay on top of all that kind of stuff because mm -hmm. that's entertainment mm -hmm. for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and not only that, because I am in multimedia and I'm, you know, I'm a creative. So yeah, I have to stay plugged, plugged in. in. I have to really stay plugged in because Girl, I'm like, I'm like doing like major marketing right now. Like yeah. I'm creating, I'm, I'm doing advertising, commercials, all of this stuff that I, you know, concept to, to, um, execution, you know, yeah. this is me. I'm so, so happy for you. I have to stay up on top of everything. I love this. For you. I love all of it for you, but tell me yeah. what you think about Kanye and Pete Davidson right now. <laughs> <laughs> this video that he just dropped, this video that he just dropped, he literally buried Pete Davidson alive. Like the worst way you can do it. Like, have you seen this video? 
I did the not see the video. video. I did not see the video. I, I think it's claymation. Heard, I think. Yeah, I heard about the video. Jesus, it was like Jesus. I, I don't know. It's kind of like you know when you get to a point where it's like you know I don't. You're just giving somebody too much attention, so you're you're pretty much showing them that you're the hurt one. You're and and to me that's weakness, and I I, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I love you. That's how I feel. Uh, you know, Kanye is a, uh, Kanye is a very, sh he's a, I think because he's so intelligent, mm -hmm. he just is hard to, 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 uh, for a lot of people to wrap their mind around what he's doing and, and how he feels and thinks, but yeah. there's always a, there's always motivation behind everything he's doing. Oh, so absolutely. He's, ta he's taking, he's taking a situation that he knows is going to drop attention for his own his own purpose which is which is genius to some degree yeah i just think that um this whole burying alive i can't get past that because it's like one of my worst fears is being buried alive i'm like you do uh, not have to do that kanye really that's like watching the video is just like oh my god but that's the depth thing of how you much, can do. That, that's the depth of how how i think probably mm. he feels you know yeah he's just got to let that shit go yeah. See, he's got to let go and move on. Because, oh my God, it's too much. I, I, to be honest with you, I think that if it was a black guy, he probably wouldn't be that ups as upset as he is that it's a white guy. You think? Oh, 100%. Mm. 100%. Yeah. And that's my, and that's my five cents. That's your that's your hot take. That's my hot take. <laughs> Have you watched? Um, this is going to be actually my recommend. I ask everybody for a recommend usually, but um, this is definitely my recommend. Have you watched Tinder Swindler on Netflix? Loved it. Jesus. Loved it. Loved it. Ah, I can't even with that. I just like you wonder if these women like they have to know, right? But it's almost like I don't know. Somebody like you need you need this is where you need a study done on these women because there's got to be something going on with them for them to allow this to happen. Mm. Well, a lot of people are saying that because I, I know that a lot of people have said that, but a lot of people are saying like, why are we blaming the women for someone being? No, so... no, no, not blaming them, not blaming mm. them at all. But mm. I'm saying there had to have been some time there had, you know, you've been in relationships when you know, you know, something funny's going on. Yeah. Right. We all have that women's intuition and we're always right. I've never been wrong. <laughs> we right? are always right. Right. So why didn't that intuition kick in? That's what we got to find out. That's the study we got to do. Yeah. Is it because they were afraid of giving up all that money that they thought mm. was coming in? Mm. Like when you got to the point where you started to give the man money, did you still think that he was going to turn around and give you all this money? He was still going to do all this stuff with you? Like, I, I, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But also, but also I watched Inventing Anna, which was also kind of the same kind of a story. Have oh, you seen that people, on Netflix? I have not seen it yet, but a Amazing. lot of people are recommending it to me. Totally recommend it to you. Really? Okay. I heard that yeah. the first three episodes are pretty slow. Well, you see what happens is I think that what for me when I was watching it, um, I can't remember the actress's name. She's she's the girl who's in um, uh, Ozark. Uh, she I plays, never watched uh, Ozark. Okay, she's in Ozark, and okay. um, 
she plays an uh, interesting character in Ozark. So to see her in this role, at first you're thinking, oh my God, she's so horrible. This is like such bad acting, right? Really? But then you realize that she's playing this character so perfectly. Okay. And this is what this girl was really like. Right. So then all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is really great. Like, yeah. And I think what happens, it just kind of, it kind of, it's how, it just shows you how money is such a motivator in this world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Money yeah, is a huge motivator. When I was watching Tinder Swindler, I, my, my girlfriend, well, Debbie, you know, Debbie, she, she kept telling me to watch it. Um, I was like, I had like, my initial thought was kind of what you just said. I'm like, how do you not know this though? The second he starts asking you for money, the second. Yeah, exactly. But then in the same token, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like if I'm all wrapped up in, he's showing me that he has all this stuff already. Look, if you haven't watched Tinder Swindler and you are dating online at all, you need to watch it. You yeah. hear these stories, that it happens. This guy went to jail he swindled these women out of so much money and he was so good. It can happen. Like uh, here's here's my thing, Mel, right? And this is this on the flip side, right? Right. For both of these movies, both of these stories, right? Mm Because both of them are are true stories. Mm -hmm. The swindlers. Yeah. How do they end up broke at the end of all of this? Yeah, where does it go? Why? Like how do you how do you lose these millions of dollars that you have somehow acquired? Like mm. I don't get it. Well, because he was spending all of that on the private jets and you know I realize the, that, the but cars I mean, like, dude, and like all the th- invest invest at least a quarter of it and then spend the rest. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like what's wrong I'm, with you? Seriously, I know. But it like it legit. I think you know, the, the dialogue has been really about two things. He's a douchebag, obviously. And, uh, the women it's their fault. That's been the dialogue. If you watch everybody and it's like, it's, it's not, it's, it's very easy, especially when I know, because I, I was on Tinder for a minute, uh, and Bumble and these like social media apps when I was single and I'd been single for a couple of years, I talked about it on my social media. Um, people are good on the other end of convincing you of certain things, you know? And yes, I mean, we have our, in our intuition and stuff, but when you're like lonely and you know, someone's showing you something and they got you in these like really vulnerable moments, you know, that's when you're most open and you want to believe you want, you want to believe that the story, exactly. You want to believe that that story is coming true. You know, that Prince Charming, whatever it is. Um, And it, fuck, it's easy to get caught up in that. And I wasn't about that far (laughs) caught up, but. I wasn't blaming the women at all, but I do think that there needs to be a study done as to what causes or what was the cause behind it or. Mm -hmm. You know, because it definitely is is either insecurity or something that happened in their life that made them, you know, want to. Be- like, I, I feel like I feel like this is going to turn into a university course. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tinder Swindler One Hundred One. Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. You got to be careful out there, man. 
It's scary shit. It is. When I saw that, I was like, oh, I am so... I'm so grateful. And look, I, I don't mean to be like, oh, I'm grateful. I'm in a relationship now. And I got the thing. It it's years that it, I haven't been, I'm fine, you know, finally there, but like, wow, I'm grateful that I'm not out there trying to do that thing. Well, you know, like speaking of, like, I remember when I met Peter, I had just gotten out of a relationship and I was like, Oh my God, this yes. man, did, this man have, has wasted four years of my life and yes. I'm older now. And I, how the hell I'm going to meet anybody at this age? Like, you go through this absolutely frightening um, frame of mind for a while. And I, I know that, you know, it's like, like you're like, I'm never going to meet somebody because everybody you're meeting is younger or they want children. Yes. And it's like, yeah. It's and then you don't want like a, the super old guy. <laughs> you're in this exactly. like weird in between thing where it's like, what? Uh, fuck, there's no one for me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. here we are. Maybe we have our happy endings. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what's happening right now, which is great. Uh, Mel, I don't believe in happy endings. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> There's Wait, no such thing as fairy tale. Stop telling your children that dumb shit, man. Fuck. <laughs> I thought this whole episode was about your happy ending. Jesus Christ. Just and the only happy like, ending no. happens at this at the massage parlor, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Jenny, listen, thank you so much for jumping on today. I am I'm so happy we got to connect again. We haven't had a chance to really chat even behind the scenes in a while. Um, so I'm, ex I'm, I'm happy that we got to chat about this and, uh, Me I know too. your, I know your story, despite the fact that you don't think it's a happy ending. I think it is. Well, <laughs> well I think this is a happy ending. Yes. So, you know what I, I mean? do too. <laughs> Where can people find you? Um, so I'm on Instagram. JJ is Jenny, J E N I. Uh, of course everybody in Toronto knows that. Oh, and you know what? I got some of my Toronto peeps here this week. What? I forgot to say, yeah, Amanda and David. Amanda and Blaze are over here right now hanging out. Oh, so, yeah, nice. it's pretty cool. Nice. Um, and one thing I have to say about Toronto is Toronto is probably one of the greatest cities. Mm -hmm. The people in Toronto are just the greatest people. My yeah. life and experience in Toronto was one of the best of my time. And I am so thankful for the time that I, I spent in Toronto and to mm -hmm. the people that I met and the girlfriends that I made and the relationships that I made, because I'm still very close with all of you. Yeah. And you all made such an impact in my life. And the most beautiful part about it is that you all will always be in my life. And I'm so thankful for that. And I'm so yeah. thankful for everybody in Toronto. It's just, y'all are just so awesome. I love you all. It is a great city. Uh, I miss it all the time. I don't miss the traffic, but uh, <laughs> I realize that moving up north a little bit more that I'm like, God damn, I do not miss that traffic. I don't want to be a part of that ever again. But man, I miss the city and the vibe for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, sure. that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. So, but um, yeah, you as Instagram, um, I started my own marketing company, Turnkey yes. Marketing. So you can find me on um, Instagram under turnkey as well. T-U-R-N-Q-U-A. Like the Canadian way to say key. Key. Okay. <laughs> Is that like a key? Turnkey. Turnkey. Um, obviously turnquest, right? Yes, so that's yes. how that, yeah, that's where they came from. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, 
that's where I am. Hands for Hunger, for those of you that want to uh, look into us, handsforhunger.org. We are an incredible organization that feed thousands of Bahamians every day who are facing food insecurity. Um, just an incredible organization. Very important. You know, food the, the cost of food has risen so high over here and oh, a lot of Bohemians don't have access to nutritious food. And so we're trying to counter that um, by providing good nutritious food. We have a pantry that we service our clients from um, and we welcome donations from oh, international yeah. folks. So you can go to handsforhunger.org to find out more about our organization um, and, uh, you know, check us out. Yeah. And you on Instagram. And um, I just want to quickly say thank you again to my Patreon followers who are still hanging out. Like, I appreciate you. Um, you're still over on Patreon and supporting Unfiltered. Um, you can find us, of course, on Instagram. I always say us, it's me, but it's like a community. So it um, is. Unfiltered with Melanie on Insta. Have a great one. Thanks, Jenny. Bye, everybody. Love you, girl. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.